hey there, everyone. This is Mike Simmons in Corning, New York at Tesserae Yearbook. And this is the Yearbook Wise Podcast, the podcast for yearbook people everywhere. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been back with you. We've gotten started with school since then. We came back uh, last uh, little week ago today, actually last Thursday, and uh, things have been busier than ever. I wanted to get into the studio, as it were, to sit down with my three co-editors-in-chief uh, to talk a little bit about an experience that we had last weekend with our annual startup retreat. Uh, more on that in a minute. I wanted to let you know, if you hadn't caught it in a previous episode, that the Yearbook Wise is heading out on the road. We're going to be in Chicago on Friday morning at 10 a.m. at the National High School Journalism Convention in the Grand F Ballroom uh, for a discussion with an all-star panel of uh, yearbook advisors about all things student press rights and yearbook. Uh, again, we're going to be talking about scholastic press rights, the First Amendment, and the special needs and considerations uh, that we as yearbook advisors have for our students and for their content. Uh, it is absolutely a, uh, a workshop that is open to all. Uh, it's open to all advisors of, of any publication background, uh, but certainly students as well. And so if you're an advisor uh, who's going to be with us in Chicago, or if you are a student listening and you're going to be in Chicago, I uh, definitely hope you come out, uh, come out, say hello. It'd be great to know that you're a, a friend of the podcast. Uh, but again, that's at Friday. That's on Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning in Chicago, uh, just a couple months uh, from now, actually. Remember that if you are looking to share the podcast with friends or advisors, maybe with your yearbook rep or somebody in your yearbook network, uh, you can share it via Apple iTunes. The podcast is available anywhere you download your podcasts and subscribe. And uh, please do subscribe. And uh, if you would, over at Apple iTunes, leave a review, give a few stars. It takes just a second, and it helps other people find the podcast. Uh, if you want to be in touch, you can find the podcast on Twitter at at Yearbook Wise, that's Yearbook W-H-Y-S. And if you want to be in touch with me, you can do so by reaching out via email at iteachyearbook at gmail.com. Now, resources, uh, and there are a few that are associated with today's podcast, they are going to be at a uh, web folder for you. Uh, it is going to be called, uh, or it will be at the URL, uh, tinyurl.com slash YBK. W-H-Y-S-E-P-21. That's your book-wise, episode 21. So to hit that again, uh, the resources for today's episode are going to be in a folder online for you at the following address. It's tinyurl.com slash YBKWHYSEP21, your book-wise 21. And you can find a couple pictures, a few documents. Uh, we're going to include uh, PDFs of some of the activities that we did and uh, probably our agenda for what we call 12 hours of yearbook. And 12 hours of yearbook is the focus of today's episode. Uh, just a, a little while ago, I was able to have my three EICs uh, stay with me after school here a bit. And uh, we talked around uh, an event that we had just six days ago. It was on the first Saturday of the school year, Sunday, uh, Saturday, September 8th. Uh, we brought our staff in at 8 o'clock and worked from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night to uh, kick off the school year. Uh, we get into all of it, but certainly if you have questions, be in touch via email. Uh, but for now, on with our conversation about 12 hours of yearbook. 
Okay, so joining me on the Yearbook Wise podcast today uh, for the very first time, I've got three students from my own program, uh, my three editors-in-chief, Lauren, Kelly, and Kristen. Um, hi, everyone. How are you? Good. Good. Since I, yeah, yeah. This is cool. This is different for you guys. You've never been on a podcast before, so it's okay. They're, you're getting used to me as podcast guy, not advisor guy. Um, I'm going to ask each of you to introduce yourselves so the listeners can get to know your voices. Uh, why don't you introduce who you are and your role on staff? and something our own staff wouldn't know about you. Let's see, what do you got? Lauren, can you go first? Yeah, um, I'm Lauren. Um, so this year I'm one of the editors-in-chief. Um, last year I was the copy editor, so I'm really copy heavy, um, and like I'm going to be editing all of the copy again this year. Um, this is my third year on staff, um, and I'm a senior. Um, and one thing that the staff probably wouldn't know about me is that I um, well, I guess you could say I'm a country girl. Um, I live out in the country, like on a farm and stuff, and I like to shoot and hunt and stuff. So, yeah. Got it. Excellent. That's Lauren. And? Um, I'm Kelly. I'm a senior this year, and I'm another editor-in-chief. Um, this year I'm primarily working with uh, visuals with video and photo. Um, last year I was a coverage staff member, and something that the staff probably doesn't know about me is um, probably that I was adopted. There you go. Excellent. And last, but certainly not least, our junior EIC, Kristen. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kristen. Uh, as someone said, I'm a junior this year. Uh, I'm also an editor-in-chief. Last year, I was the design editor. And this year, I'm going to be doing another art director type position. Um, making sure that the book looks pretty and consistent all throughout. Uh, this is my third year on staff. And one thing that the staff this year probably doesn't know about me is that I lived in China for two years. Got it. Excellent. Well, thank you all for, for doing this with me. We're here to talk. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions through the podcast and through some online groups, uh, Facebook and the rest, about how we start up the year because I tell staffs about 12-hour and you all know what 12-hour means. Um, but I think, Kristen, I am going to start with you. Can you give advisors and staff members listening just like that 30-second outline of 12 hours of your book? So 12-hour is when we come to school on the weekend, on a Saturday mostly. Uh, that's when it works best for everyone. And we spend 12 hours together. It's a lot of team bonding, but also a little bit of instruction so that we can get the staff started off right, getting comfortable with each other, but also comfortable with equipment and how a yearbook works. I love it. Uh, and we that, that actually, that, that covers it. Kelly, pitching it over to you, how and where does 12 hour fit into our beginning of the year, like startup stuff? It's not just about the first, and we did it uh, six days ago, which was uh, September 8th. So the first Saturday of school, we go back to school very late. And so some people hearing this uh, have been in school for a month already. But anyhow, where does 12 hour fit in our prep and planning and beginnings? Um, so it's only a couple days after school, so it's a ton of new, like, fresh faces. There's so many new members and obviously, like, the old members, but we're all coming together. And um, we really used it as a way to prep our yearbook staff, um, ha mostly with visuals. We worked a lot with photo, but we it was not only a way to introduce them to some of the ways that we work up here in the lab, but we also um, had them interact with each other in ways that were both 
um, within yearbook work and also within just like getting to know each other and um, staff bonding in a way. And then Lauren, um, part of the staff, I think we had 23 people. We've got 42 people on staff, but 23 of them were together a month before 12 hour at Camp Tesserae. So how does that, how does Camp Tesserae work with 12 hour and how is Camp Tesserae different and all of that? Yeah, so Camp Tesserae, um, we do at the end of August, um, and that's a three-day thing um, up at Watson Homestead, um, so we're completely offline the whole time. Um, and this year, we actually brought some Macs from our lab so that we could uh, work while we were there um, a little bit easier. Um, so basically, um, it's not mandatory, and they have to pay a little bit, so like not the full staff was there. Um, so it's Friday morning to Sunday afternoon. And we break them up into coverage teams um, with an editor um, in each team. And they work on making a spread all weekend. And the subjects of their spreads are the rest of the people there, so the rest of the staff that's there. Um, so they get they brainstorm all the coverage for that, and they get all the interviews, and they're interviewing each other, essentially. Um, and they take all the photos. We have cameras that we take there. Um, and then they design the spreads um, on the Macs that we took. So basically they're making spreads in 24 hours is the goal of the camp. And Kelly, before students started making spreads at Camp Tesserae, that was Saturday into Sunday, what was happening on Friday and where did they get their primary instruction at, Tesserae, at Camp Tesserae? Um, so at camp we invited um, Aaron Harris and Jim Jordan? Jordan. Jim Jordan to camp there. Um, and we had them and Simmons and we were floating around. We had them do workshops that were specific with our coverage format and with how to design well and how to do copy and stuff like that. So we had all of the camp members um, get introduced to um, a little bit of what we like, what they were going to be doing that weekend with making a spread and doing interviewing and designing and all that process. Um, so we broke them off into section groups and had them go through these workshops, and then we. Um, introduce them a little bit into the yearbook world. I love it. And um, the little bit of uh, team building stuff there too, we went rock climbing and swimming, um, used the uh, retreat center that we were there at. Um, so full disclosure to people listening to the podcast, we've been doing 12 hour for I think about nine years or so. So Kristen, pitching over to you, what kind of planning as you three, we call you EI3 instead of EICs, um, how did you guys approach kind of refining? I was able to give you Here's what we've done in the past. How did you make it work for you? And, and kind of what went into that planning? Uh, so Lauren and I were definitely there all day last year. And it was our third 12 hour. Right. So um, we had a really good idea of what we thought worked well and what didn't. And Kelly was there for part of it last year too. So we knew what worked for us and what didn't. So we were able to say, well, let's drop this and include more of this and decide how much time you wanted to spend on things to sort of focus in on specific areas that we wanted to change from previous years or we wanted to really stress this year, like staff culture. We, re we really want to push a positive staff culture this year, so we focused a lot on team building and all of that stuff. And I can't do it alone as your advisor, so Lauren, can you share with the listeners a little bit about how parents support 12 Hour? Yeah, so obviously the main way they support 12 Hour is by letting their kids come, which is awesome. Um, and also we need help getting all of the food for it. Um, so we do a sign up um, just in a spreadsheet that we share with everyone uh, prior to 12 hour and we have everyone sign up for food items that we lay out. Um, 
and we make sure everyone is filled. Um, so the parents can sign up for those, and then we also have them sign up for about three or four people for each meal um, to be there to help, like, set out the food and get everything open and make sure, like, we're rationing it if we need to so that everybody um, gets enough. Um, yeah, so they basically bring their kids and they bring the food. Yeah, and we're six days later, and I think we still have some leftovers in the fridge, uh, which is always which is always awesome. So, Kelly, kind of the inside joke with the editorial leadership team, it's a 12-hour workshop. You guys are here for 13 hours. So can you talk about your expectations of your own leadership team uh, and, and what you expect of yourselves and, and why it's 13, and, and then maybe we can get into how the day got started. Um, so editors, including us three and our ed entire editor staff, we came in half an hour earlier and we left half an hour later. And... Um, we had to use our leadership skills throughout this entire thing. We pretty much, we all planned it with your help, obviously, but um, it was really our job to be there, to be ready, to um, set the whole thing up. And um, it is a really long time, but it's not only a time for us to get to know our new staff members, but it's a time for us to get comfortable with each other. And we all really use that time to not only like help get everything ready for all of the members who came, but we also used it to like, kind of get comfortable with each other because we're going to be working with each other all year round. Absolutely. And you guys were on from, I mean, the first, at 731, there was stuff to do, setting up and, and all the rest. Um, Kristen, what did that hospitality and welcome look like? And, and how did we kind of, how did you guys, you know, greet everybody? I'm thinking right in the, at the entry, we started with name tags, right? Get us there and, and talk about how we eased into the day. Yeah, so starting at 7.30, I think people on the general staff were already coming in, but when people get there, we make name tags, and that's kind of a fun little way to bond, even from the beginning, because while it's not built to be a bonding activity, everyone's standing there around the table, so they're all chatting, getting comfortable with each other. Um, so they make their name tags, and then they can come into the cafeteria and chill with each other and talk and interact while we're finishing getting everything ready, which I think is really awesome that they all just start talking on their own. And, and you guys did a nice job getting ahead of the editors to say, get out there and visit with people. Can you talk about what you were modeling there a little bit? Yeah, so Kelly, Lauren, and I really wanted to stress, like, bonding with the whole staff. We don't want to click up and just the editors, and we want everyone to feel comfortable. So we were pushing them to get out there and talk to people that they didn't know, all the rookies, the freshmen who are new to the staff, and that's, like, overwhelming for them. Um, so we just really wanted them to be there for all of the new staff members and make them feel like they had friends already on the program. Yeah, and many were friends already, too, which is also nice. But I think this year you guys are outnumbered by the first years. All the veterans are, are outnumbered. Okay, so we ease in. Uh, the stage is set. Everybody's got their name tags. We gather. We do this in the cafeteria, we should say. We do it in the cafeteria of our building, and we kind of rearrange uh, the furniture a bit. We've got a nice open space there. Um, we've got a big screen TV that we wheel down. We could use a projector or something like that. And then um, see what happened first. You guys welcomed everybody. And then we get into some kind of early low-level um, name gamey activity stuff. Lauren, can you talk through that a little bit about you said team building is a focus of the game. I don't doesn't remember I don't remember exactly which one we did first, but but it's those goals, right? Icebreakers and, and talk that through a little bit. Yeah, so basically um, throughout the day we do a series of um, like bonding activities and like name games and stuff like that. Um, so we did one where it was like exactly a name game where um, we have people like on opposite sides of a tarp and you drop the tarp and they have to yell each other's name. Um, so that's a fun one to like get acquainted with each other directly. Um, we did one um, kind of in teams and you had to like build balloon towers with tape. So that was like 
um, trying to get them to communicate with each other and like use like problem solving skills. So basically all of the um, activities that we do, we try to um, have them relate back to the things that they're going to be doing throughout the year, um, like with yearbook and <coughs> with each other and stuff. Um, we did other activities. Um, we had, let's hold the balloon one, the balloon one yeah. uh, for a second, but the other balloon one. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm actually going to interrupt. We also, we started the day with a group picture. I just brought up the agenda so that we could remember. And I thought that was great. The last couple of years we've done it at the end of the day. And you guys were like, let's do the group picture first. And I, I don't know. I just loved that. And you guys know I'm a heart guy. Um, we also, we dropped the toilet paper questions and we dropped one of the others, but um, which one? The shoe game. Yeah, the shoe game, right. And uh, that was about flexibility. We ran out of some time, right? Um, but then you guys presented theme. This was after the Balloon Towers activity. You went in and kind of kicked off the the year for that. Kelly, can you talk about that a little bit, kind of setting the stage for the year ahead? Because this was some some staff members' first exposure to even knowing that we have a theme because they're first-year staff members. Um, so back during camp in August at Watson, we did introduce the theme. It was kind of fresh and kind of new, and we've had some changes since then, but we wanted to reintroduce it for not only the new people, but for also the people who are at um, camp because we had changed a lot of aspects. But um, the whole point in doing that was to, so they have kind of an idea of what they're really going to be doing all year round because we use our theme for our central focus for the entire book. And this year it's kind of a two-parter. It's um, a little complicated. And I think by introducing it to them that early on in the year, it really gave them the opportunity to um, absorb it and be able to, to consciously use it all year round and um, use it to make their spreads and their designs and everything according to what our theme was. And, and so here's the big reveal because nobody in our building is going to listen to this podcast. So Kristen, what's the theme for people living at home? And we went right into an interview activity that had kind of part A and then part B. Talk that around a little bit. Right. So our theme is here we do and there's a comma between here and we um, it's really focused on the location that we have because we have such a beautiful community and so many amazing individuals. So we want to focus on both parts of that, both the location and the traditions and values of our area. Um, we have a lot of surrounding communities that all feed into this one school. So we wanted to focus on the diversity of that too. But um, because we're doing an umbrella book this year, we wanted to kind of force them into finding the angles that fit umbrella coverage and our theme. So we had an activity where we had a two-part question and you started with where? Yeah, location and then the do. Yeah. Location and then what you did there. So you would say like, "Oh, my favorite place was on top of this cliff and why was your why was it your favorite place? Oh, I had this really in-depth conversation with my dad one time." And then we reversed it and did this is my favorite thing to do and then like where you've done that before that's been like your favorite place to do that. And one thing I liked about us landing on that, I think that kind of came out of our, our planning when we were having coffee, but it threw a journalism staff straight into interviewing. Like we didn't even teach them how to interview. And granted, it was like half veterans and half new, or it's tipped the other way to, to the new. But it got them talking journalistically. But I mean, I think you guys saw it. They're also getting to know each other, which was huge. And so I think you guys do a really nice job kind of infusing that throughout the, uh, throughout the day. Um, you've heard me say before, the number one job of the yearbook staff is to sell the book. So then we spent the next hour and a half just talking about business operations. And those girls aren't in the in the lab or with us right now, Peyton and, and Lexis. But Lauren, can you start talking through 
they presented the business plan for the year and then we kind of segued into business ads and some role-playing stuff. Take us all the way through that. Yeah, so um, we had our business staff go off for a little bit and plan other things um, so that they could be ready to come back with um, presentation of their plan for the year and their goals for the year and their goals for themselves and um, everyone on staff because we have everyone on staff sell business ads. Um, so they took us all through that. Um, and then we, they broke into like skits. Um, so each of them had like a different thing that they were supposed to represent, like a different challenge that a business owner might represent, um, like when staff members might go and try to sell them ads. So then we had someone acting as the student who, like a staff member, and then one of the business staff people was acting as the business owner. Um, and they would like do an interview and um, or a sales or not an interview, call. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sales call. Um, so yeah, they would try to sell them an ad and they would present a challenge and so we could basically like model what to do when these challenges come up because they will and they have before. So that's why we did that because a lot of the veterans share like difficulties in selling ads. We wanted to establish like things that the um, staff members can say when business owners are presenting challenges and playing hard to get yes give them some of that script um that's been part of 12 hour for a long time for us could you guys ever see that going away or how do you feel about it being there at the beginning of the year kelly um i really think that was a, like the perfect opportunity to in introduce it um it did take away a little chunk of 12 hour but i think that was perfectly fine i think it fit very well there and it there's like selling ads to people of like up to these businesses is obviously going to be very nerve-wracking for these people and I think by ha sitting down and having these skits and having PH and Peyton and Lexus all talk about it and um, creating these different scenarios um, I think it helped everyone not just like new people I think even for like people who have been on staff for three four years could really use that and I think it's a great use of our time. And now we're into a um, month-long uh, span of time where our business ad campaign is open. So around that time, parents came in. They're kind of working in the background. A pizza got delivered. Parents start setting up for food. We eat lunch. That's great. And coming out of lunch, we blew up 42 balloons. And I took back over. Kristen, take it from the top. This is a classic for 12-hour. I got some video of it. Those of you listening to the podcast, uh, the folder for Dropbox that's in the podcast description. You'll be able to watch this video and see how I kind of messed with their minds. You'll see EI3. I put them really on the spot. Uh, but we're playing with balloons, but there's this like other message buried in it. Kristen, take it away. Yeah, so the first time we did the balloon activity, like the first time I was on staff, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really smart way to like represent the lab and the working uh, conditions all year because throughout the year, there's various people that will um, kind of work less for some reason like they have other responsibilities or they'll be sick or they'll be like a junior class meeting and there are people out of the lab and during the balloon activity we hit the balloon up a little bit and the balloons represent tasks that we have to complete in the lab so you have like you head it up a little bit and you're just controlling your balloon and it's really easy like um, bouncing it in your hand yeah one balloon okay and then you get a little higher, and that's like trying to control more things, more stress, all of that, and then higher and higher, and then it gets harder to control, and the energy in the room gets a lot more chaotic because everyone's running into each other and trying to keep focus on their tasks, but everyone else is trying to focus on their tasks. And, and, and sorry, for advisors listening, what are the two rules of the activity? Do you remember? 
for that part. For, well, overall, the balloons... They're not supposed to touch the floor. Right, and, and everybody has to manage their, their, own, first, their own balloon at right? first. At but first. then later it turns into uh, you can't let any of the balloons touch the floor, so we're all trying to work together to make sure that all the balloons stay up, even if it's not your own, which is where, like, the junior class meeting comes in. So we'll say, oh, there's a junior class meeting, and all the juniors that are in the room have to sit down, and they can't touch the balloons. So everyone else on the staff has to take over their tasks and try to manage it, and it gets crazy again, and more balloons touch the floor, which means that tasks are being discarded, kind of, which gets us really behind during the school year. Um, and then we got back down to, like, oh, the editors are the only ones in the lab on a work night or on a Saturday work day. And all of us, there was only 12 of us trying to keep up all these 42 balloons, and it got crazy, and a lot of them were touching the floor. And one of the editors would, like, get down on the floor to pick up the balloons, and a whole bunch more would fall on the ground because we're trying to direct all of our attention to all these different places at once, and it doesn't work that well. And then finally it got down to EI3, and that was really bad. There was only a few balloons in the air because we were... It was just the three of us trying to handle all these balloons, but um, we would even make a plan. Like when it was just the editors, we, we were like, wait, can we make a plan? And we made the plan, but once it got started, things got crazy, the plan got abandoned, and the balloons kept falling on the ground. Love it, and it's a great activity. For those of you listening, um, it comes from my background working at summer camps. It's, it's one that you can find online, but really Kristen's got the whole of it, and again, you can watch the video. It's an awesome exercise um, to help the staff understand owning your work and and what it means to support other people's work. Um, Kelly, Lauren, do you guys want to jump in there on, on that activity? You've done it three times. Or no, I think we skipped it last year. Is that what you guys told me? We skipped it last year. But any reflections on that and, and kind of the metaphor for work in the lab? Yeah, so, well, at the end of the activity, um, we reflected on it there so that we made sure everyone understood, like, what we were trying to represent. And oh, right, so we debriefed really it right it. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so during that, we kind of went around and said, like, what did you notice? What did you think? Like, what, what symbolism did you see? Because that's what it was all about. So I saw something that I hadn't seen um, years previous. Um, and so when we have people sit down, like when we say there's a junior class meeting, all of the juniors sit down, they have to sit on their hands, meaning they can't do anything. So that, to me, I saw this year meant they're out of the lab and they can't do any yearbook work. So I made it a point to mention that when you're out of the lab, you should still be doing yearbook work. Um, and that would have been so helpful to if when I was sitting on the ground, I could have helped keep balloons up off the ground because there were things like they were in my reach, but I couldn't because I was sitting on my hands. So right. that really represented like when you're out of the lab, you should still be doing your work because that keeps it afloat as well. Absolutely. And Kelly, for you? Um, I think it perfectly represented like exactly how stressful it can get when it's instead of 43 people, it's three and everyone saw it and um and it really lined up how exactly that could have happened if people decide oh I can't do yearbook because I have a lab due tomorrow and it shows how you should be balancing your work not just your yearbook work but it could be any kind of task and how you need to find that perfect mesh of a balance so I'm going to keep it here with you Kelly uh after and I should note that the placement of that activity and you guys let's see if you can do it why do we do that activity right after lunch do you remember? Because everyone's sluggish after they eat. Exactly. The food coma is real, and you got to get them moving. Because if, if it was sit down and listen to a presentation, that's just awful. Because then came a presentation. Talk about the composition. We now transition into the afternoon was all about visuals, which is our photo and video. Take it away, Kelly. Um, so myself and our photo ad, we did a presentation about rules of composition, which really went over... Uh, things as simple as bird's eye, warm eye, or rule of thirds and stuff like that. And 
the whole point of this, of introducing it this early, was because, uh, well, we were lining it up for our visuals week because this entire week, past week, we've been working with uh, strictly visuals. But um, at camp, we were really trying to introduce how to find, like, the perfect image, like, visually um, to our staff, to our video team and our coverage team and our business team. Um, so, yeah, we showed them some really good examples that we found of, like, rule of thirds and we talked to them how to find it and how to um, look for it when they're shooting and then we after we did that we kind of introduced them into trying it by doing a photo scavenger hunt where they were given a list of um, poses and they were given a list of the rules of composition and they were set off on a task to go find these images and create these images and it gave them an opportunity to not only learn it but then apply it. And I'm going to include the the PDF of our scavenger hunt list um, in the uh, in the podcast description as well. Um, Kelly, why did we prioritize um, composition and the eye first? Why did why didn't we dive into buttons, knobs, and dials and changing settings and stuff like that? Um, I think we all found it really important to get them to see it visually first. Um, they weren't probably going to retain the information that we taught them. Like, oh, you need to put your shutter speed on this, and they'll be like, okay, but what do I do now? And by giving them that jump forward to this is how to find the perfect image, it gave them an opportunity to learn how to look for it instead of how to perfectly settle it. And we introduced that later because that way they were like, oh, I can find this rule of thirds, but how do I get the ISO correct? And And they could even do it with their cell phone. Yeah. Right. Um, So we, you guys did the instruction and you gave the presentation, handed out the list. Um, Kristen, what did, what did 12 hour look like next we scattered at around i don't know two o'clock or so um this is a staff of 42 they all going in the same direction at once what happened to start the scavenger hunt so we have uh our editors they have teams that they're kind of helping out this year they're they're mentors essentially um so each of those editors got with their teams and we split up biz team and they all went out into different areas so like one went across the street to the park the other ones came up to the lab or they went over by the lobby so that they could all try to find the different things on the scavenger list um, and they all worked together like changing who had the camera and they had um, it was really good for them to have editors or veterans on their team because then someone would be like oh I have rule of thirds but the settings on this are completely wrong so they could really help each other out with that but they were all over the place right and it was again you know composition first and like you just said a veteran could be that one to address what Kelly said I don't know what shutter speed to use right now the veteran could throw a hand and say, hey, I'll help you out and we can get this picture. Um, Lauren, that energy, that engagement, I mean, we let that burn for about an hour and 15 minutes. I think we did that all three of your years for the two of you that it's always afternoon scavenger hunt. Um, Why is that such a good fit for something like 12 hour? Again, acknowledging we are very early in our year right now. Yeah, so during the scavenger hunt, we break them into their coverage teams. Um, and we really we do that because we want them to get comfortable with each other because that's who they're going to be working with throughout the entire year. So they need to be comfortable talking with each other and they need to be comfortable um, like asking each other questions. Um, and I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. No problem. Let, let me prompt you into it too. Why don't at 12 hour, why don't we hit design for three hours in the afternoon? Why are we prioritizing photography? Yeah, well, you need good photos as the basis of your book. If you don't have good photos, then nothing's going to look good. Um, So that's something that we really need to establish first. Um, Also, we have coverage events already going on. Um, Like we have sporting seasons that have started, that started in August, that we need to get people out and shooting. So we wanted to get our rookies um, 
into that process as soon as possible. So that's why we did um, photos at 12 hour and we did our um, photo instruction week the first week of first full week of school because we want them to be able to get out and start shooting as soon as possible. Um, and to speak to like the energy of it, we had them like going around like doing fun activities, like a group of them were running around the track together to get photos. Um, we do that because that kind of fits with the energy of the day that we want to um, keep up. Um, we want them to be like again bonding with each other and we want it to be like high energy, like getting excited about yearbook for the year because that's like their first like long burn of yearbook. We want them to be coming into everything with that good positive vibe. And then we come to, we call it field day. It's like field afternoon or field hour and a half. Uh, Kelly, everybody met up at the park, and what happened next? Well, we did a series <laughs> of activities. Um, first, we kind of did, um, fr like, frisbee and um, bubble blowing. And the whole point of that was to get us into getting, like, action shots and emotion shots and bringing them into this. Instead of doing, like, a pose thing, they have real life things where they could take photos of. Um, we did a little bit of lax stuff like that and then we broke out water balloons and uh, we started with like cute little things like throwing it back and forth to get like emotions or like expressions of when like people caught them. And then we broke out into a full on water balloon fight and um, that was really fun and it gave us like that opportunity for people who wanted to work or not get wet. Um, work on their photo and their visual skills, but it also gave us uh, an entire, like, activity for us to all kind of have fun together while simultaneously having yearbook stuff going on, too. And we should note, for full disclosure, then we also used one of those gigantic surgical tubing slingshots, and it went well for the first 10 minutes. And then one of our, she's a freshman, right? Yeah. One of our freshmen was looking the wrong way. I was the one pulling back the slingshot. And from like 30 yards, I hit her right in the side of the face and she got a bloody nose. So I wasn't feeling great about that, uh, but she recovered. She, she stayed, she, she yeah. recovered great and she's a trooper and, and we bonded and I apologized and said, do I need to call your mom? Uh, but she called her mom and we're okay. Um, so let's be a little bit specific about running down some of the activities at field day, the water balloon kind of back and forth, a water balloon fight. We understand the slingshot. We understand and, and all throughout this were, um, I was calling out, you know, lower your shutter speed, raise your shutter speed. Veterans are coming in to help. Um, I saw tons of kids laying down on the ground. They're working on composition. Um, and then I think we got into buckets of water or no, the solo cups, yeah, right? So talk about that activity and just and keep it going from there. Um, so we had two people, or not two people, well, yeah, partners. We had partners line up, and we had one partner have a cup full, of, a red solo cup full of water, and um, they would reach over to their um, partner across from them, and they would start pouring water into the cup, and it would just gradually become more and more challenging. Like we would have them take a step back or two steps back, but um, the whole point of it was to get, like, um, and like Simmons was the entire time saying like, okay, you need to lower your shutter speed or something like that to capture the right sharpness of like the water movement or anything like that. And, um, yeah. And then eventually again, and you guys have already said this, this is also just about being fun. Mm -hmm. If somebody listening to the podcast got a snapshot of it, you see two rows of teenagers facing each other, 20 feet apart, hurling water at each other, which is a good time, especially when it's 59 degrees. <laughs> outside that was real um and then we got into buckets of water uh like gallon buckets you three end up seated back to back to back in a little triangle you are clutching your hands fiercely uh, we have photos of this that i can put in the drive 
But, um, and, and granted, it's the same, let's practice shutter speed, let's freeze the water, let's blur the water, let's work on expression. Um, but just, uh, Lauren, if you could finish off describing, we're dealing at the bucket level now. How, what's the big finish? Yeah, so basically, we set it up just how you described. We were all sitting on the ground um, together, and we were holding hands because um, it was freezing. Um, and then, like, we paused before we even threw any water to say, like, this is a perfect place to get, like, Kelly's face and see the emotion, like, shoot before we throw the water, see the anticipation, shoot after to see, like, the reaction, shoot the whole time to really, like, get them to understand, like, all of that stuff, getting all the emotion and the action. Um, so... Basically, if we just dump the whole bucket on top of our heads to get that kind of umbrella of water going out, um, and then we did like a drizzle around and got like each person individually to get um, each person's reaction shots because you never really knew when it was coming. Um, and then we did a thing we like to call EI3 special, um, <laughs> where it's we, a tradition now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so each of the EI3s, like we separated, and Simmons basically ran at us and threw a bucket of water at our backs. Um, not the whole bucket, just the water, um, <laughs> so yeah. that it like sprayed out in front of us. So that was like a really cool like movement with the water. Um, and we the had splash like, zone was real. Yeah, uh, some of those cameras got wet. Yeah, so we had like students like lined up in front of us to get that shot and like on the side to get the water like covering the person from the side. So yeah, we really like playing around with like how to get the water moving and how to like stop the action in different ways. And so Christian, we come out. I mean, we've got hundreds, maybe a few thousand photos uh, out of this entire afternoon. Um, Kelly and Lexi, our photo editor, went through them but yesterday in class. What, what was the class doing and what are we trying to do better with this year? So uh, Lexi and Kelly went through the photos. Uh, we uploaded every single one of them to the server so that we could go through all of them. Uh, they, they picked out the best and the worst ones and put them in a slideshow and then it was Lexi that did the presentation of that. But uh, she put them up on the screen, and then she would say, what are our thoughts on this photo? And we would get the class to think about, oh, the ISO on this is too high, or, like, it's blue or whatever. Like, the settings are wrong. What can we do to improve this photo? Um, even with composition, like, getting a, a better angle or something like or that. Or cropping in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so in a big picture sense, I mean, you three have come to me and said we, and this I think was inspired by Annie Gorenstein, who's a friend of the podcast, but she's the one in Colorado. They, they look at their stuff every Friday. Um, Kelly, one of the big kind of top line goals is to get your team's work in front of the team weekly and, and critique and talk. Can you talk a little bit about how, we're, how, how you feel we're, we've started with that? I guess it's just yesterday, honestly, but I, I think you guys are doing a nice job setting the stage. Yeah, um, I think it was great to have these photos presented right in front of them because it's not, um, it's it's their work. It's not someone else's work. Well, it is, but it's it's them seeing their own photo and them seeing their staff member's photo. And, you know, by having an open-ended critique and positive reinforcement and stuff like that, it gives them an opportunity to not only find what they could do better, but it also gives them a moment to um, be able to reflect on how well or how they could improve but um, that's not where I meant to go with that, but it's fine. It's good. it's good, and I think it does, like I said, I think it sets the stage for more critique to follow, mm -hmm. be it copy or design or any of the rest of it. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we also want them to understand by like putting their work in front of everybody that when we critique them, we're not critiquing them personally. We're just critiquing the work they did because we want it to be the best that it can, and we know that they can do better. Um, we also wanted them to understand that it's not just them. You know, It's not personal attacks every time we critique them. It's the entire staff, and it's 
the EICs and everybody is getting critiqued, so. Yeah. And when it is something that we can celebrate, it's always nice to get the pat on the back, too, and seeing people uh, smiling and the rest. So it is 59 degrees, it's 445. Olivia is still like clutching a cloth to her nose just to you know set the scene. Then we all tromp back over to school after cleaning up 300 broken water balloons. Uh, we are, I will say, as their advisor and advisors out there, something that I swear by and live by, but we have a great reputation in our building with our custodians because they know we clean up after ourselves. And that's huge. And if your staff doesn't, you've got to lead that way and, and, and do better with that. But we go in and the moms and dads have arrived with dinner. Everybody goes and gets clean. We do dinner. And I think, I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but we kind of burned that for a while to just give them some downtime. Why is downtime, Kristen, why is downtime important in the day? I think that if there's too much instruction or too much uh, team bonding, people are going to get really exhausted and the energy will get really low and people are going to start like fighting or like disagreeing with each other just because they're cranky. So we need to have some downtime, some mellow time to just calm down, like reflect on how the day's been so far too, and just enjoy some calm, relaxation time. time. Yeah. yeah. So then we get into Clothespin Ninja. Uh, I'll just paint a real quick picture because there's got more important stuff to talk about, but you got uh, one blindfolded person with a pool noodle in their hands in the middle of a large circle of the staff uh, with 15 clothespins attached, affixed to safe spaces on their body, down by their knees, up on their shoulders, down their spine, and a... Uh, another staff member has to stealthily crawl in and duck and dodge and dive and grab off three uh, clothespins before getting hit by the pool noodle three times. It's a great one. I'll upload a picture to the folder for the episode. Uh, then we get into True Colors, uh, which is always in high demand with you. You guys have been through it three times. You've been through it twice. Open floor, take it from the top, kind of we'll, we'll boil it down. Uh, but what's True Colors? Why do we do it? Why is it end of the day? What are the goals there? Who wants to take it? Go for it. Start and we'll go right around. Go okay. So basically True Colors is a personality activity. We don't like to call it a personality test because it's not a test. You're just figuring out like the way you tick basically and the way everybody else ticks. Um, so there's four categories and it's, um, it's based on colors. So it's orange, blue, green, and gold. Um, and they each represent different personality types and they all have their own personality traits. So before we do this activity, we don't explain any of that to them. We just say, fill this out and there's instructions and it's, um, uh, we give them each a piece of paper and there's a bunch of rows and they have to select, like they have to number each row one to four based on what fits them best and what fits them the worst. Like what's in the rows? Um, it's like descriptor words, like how people would describe themselves, how other people would describe them. So one's like, driven, responsible, organized, things like that. And then other ones like sensitive, um, caring, empathetic, things like that. Um, so they go through that and we still like, we didn't tell them. So they don't, they're not trying to like sway their answers in any specific way. Uh, they're not supposed to. Um, and then on the back side, they um, tally up certain boxes um, with like the number that they rank them with. And that's the score that they get for that color. So, um, and you can, like, there's a minimum you have to get five of each or you did it wrong or and you have to get no more than 20 or you did it wrong. So we have checks like that. Um, so the one that you have the highest score for, that's, like, most like your personality. So, like, my highest score was for green, so I'm a green. But I also had, like, a pretty close one with gold, so I'm, like, also very gold. 
Um, but also personally, I had a really low blue. I had the minimum score for blue. So I am very not blue, which doesn't mean I'm like not at all, but like I really don't identify with that very much. Um, so yeah, do you want to go through like what each color say, is? Can, you got them all four? Here, take it, Kelly. Um, I was blue. Blue was my highest, followed by green. But um, yeah, I definitely would say that it described me perfectly well. My first 12 hour, I actually got gold. But then, you know, I just completely switched that one and went to blue. So and for people unfamiliar with the activity, give us the whole rundown and I'll help you if you if you hitch up at all. What does it mean that you're blue? Um, I'm a little bit more emotional. Um, I'm not afraid to show like affection for other people and I feed off of affection and um, I'm really the peppy person who will like help make your day better or be there to listen to your problems and um, yeah. And Monique and Nick are oranges, among many orange. Talk about orange. Orange are like the life of the party, I'd say. Um, they're, they can be loud, and they're the ones who really kind of bring everyone up to like that high-speed party kind of vibe. They're fun and active and um, always just kind of there to um, liven everything up. Who are our golds over in the corner? I can... Mia. Lauren oh, uh, yeah, Mia. oh, and Ari, Ariana. So continue with our goals. They're um, they're mostly like I'd say organized. They like to have things in a nice neat order. Um, they tend to want to have like a specific agenda, and they don't like to go too far off of their um, path. Um, they like bullet points. Yeah, bullet points. <laughs> and then green, most of all. Green. We got two greens. We're, we, yeah. got, we got two blues and two greens here. How do you describe the greens? Uh, I would say that they like to. Well, I don't want to use that. That's a negative word. Okay, they like to um, have the correct answer, and they like to um, they like to ask the whys and how are you going to do that to figure everything out ahead of time. They don't like to have that kind of curious um, overlook of the future. They want to know like what's happening now, what's going to happen then, and they um, don't be they don't like to be left in the dark about things. They can also be the creative problem solvers mm -hmm. too. Um, so it'll be, come as a surprise to nobody listening to the podcast. I'm heavy blue. I'm as blue as the day is long, and you are as well. What was your? Are you were in a twenty, were you? Mm -mm, I was uh, seventeen. I oh, think. okay. All right. So what was your second? Green. Oh, blue green. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I've got three green editors, and you're a green. Kristen, you're a green. What? Just green green. Probably green gold. But then we always joke that I have this like part blue inside me because I also get like super sensitive about stuff sometimes and I, I can get into the emotional part of it. Right. And as Lauren said at the top, I mean, it really is, it's an approximation. Like when I, when I facilitate it, it's not, this is not your destiny. This is not going to get you in or out of college. This is just an awareness thing. So they do the worksheet, they tally it up, um, split them out to the corners. And I know I'm, I'm talking you into it, but share for the audience. What did I ask groups to do next? How did we take that paper and, and where'd we go with that? We'll keep on moving around. Yeah, so they then, once they figured out which color they were the most, um, they broke off into those colors, so the four colors, they went to their group, um, and we, well, Simmons asked us a series of prompts, and we filled out on, like, a huge sticky note paper, like, our answers to those, so the prompts were, um, like, what motivates you, uh, what do you not like in other people, I think. Um, and group situations, group work yeah. situations. Um, what do people, what do you think people perceive wrongly about you and like about the people that are like you um and then need and give yeah and then what do you need from the staff and from other people you work with and what do you give to the staff and other people you work with so Kristen this was your third time through um 
and and I, I, I came to you when we had coffee in August and I, I told you if, you, if you told me you guys finally didn't want to do it, I would go with it. It's, it is your day and I try to empower that leadership. But every year, every year, and people, first day of school, I don't know, I don't know if you guys know this, first day of schools, uh, veterans came, so are we doing 12, are we doing 12 hour and we, or are we doing true colors at 12 hour? And I said, yes, they said, yes. So why, what, what is it for you and, and for the staff? Um, why is it still there? And, and why is it a favorite nine years later? Uh, well, first of all, just from a more basic standpoint, I sure. think it's really fun to like just relax and kind of investigate your personality yourself. And then once you kind of hear from the other groups, once you break off into each color, you hear like what makes them tick or what motivates them. And you're like, oh, this is why I don't get along with this person or this is why my mom and I fight all the time because of their personality type, like what goes with you. Um, and I think people just like to see like, oh, Monique's an orange. That's I need to handle her this way this year so that we can work well together. And I think that that's really helpful information for the staff to have. Do you see that, Kelly, in your work last year as a staff member? Did you, I'm not saying that like on December 5th, you were like, oh, I'm having a problem with, you know, Jake because he's an orange but but was that awareness there or how did how do you take it from 12 hour and apply it to the year well last year my team everyone was gold except for Peyton she was orange and um you could definitely see that dynamic throughout the entire year when there was a deadline when everyone was really sluggish and they weren't motivated Peyton would be the one who'd be like okay come on guys we can do this like right. you can see this outcome or that and um I think it did help to kind of know because three of us we were like the organ we like to be organized and all that so we were pretty like set for deadlines but then like there'd be Peyton and she would maybe need a little encouragement there but then she'd be the one to pick us all up too right, right. Lauren for you three years in true colors would, would you think that the staff should do it again next year yeah definitely why so like yeah like Kelly just said we apply it throughout the entire year within teams and with the whole staff so um, like being an editor last year, I had to work individually with every team and basically every staff member. Um, so if I was frustrated with someone, I could, for like not doing their work or for acting a certain way and being standoffish when I talk to them, I could then assess that and be like, oh, well, she's blue, so maybe I need to be more sensitive and approach this in a different way. And um, it'll have a better outcome. So then you can apply that and it just works so much better. So. Yeah, it really helps you to understand. It helps the whole staff to understand and be more, hold on, I was going to say understanding. Maybe empathetic is a better word. More aware. Yeah, mm -hmm. of like why other people are acting a certain way and why they're doing certain things. And you can kind of, um, sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong words. I was So you can kind of like change how you act basically with them so that it's a more positive experience for everybody. Yeah, and I think in leadership, it, it helps you, I want to say give give people what they need, but but if you know the language that they speak, what, what are two important words for me? Thank you. There you go, right? And you guys know that about me, and I've said that, and, and I will, and I'm not trying to, it's going to come off wrong in the podcast, but if, if we're on a trip or doing something, if, if you guys say, hey, thanks, Mr. Simmons, I'm like, cool, that's great. But you know that Peyton needs you know, she's that life of the party thing. If it's like, no, it's work night and we have to get all this work done, sit down. And uh, if you don't give her the means to like express that or put on some music or sit on, you know, in one of the comfortable chairs or whatever, that like that doesn't work for her. And it helps us in our work with each other. You were going to say, Kelly? Um, I also think doing true colors, you kind of find people who you're going to mesh well together with. Like sure. there are people in my color group who I would never have 
thought of of being blue and it was when we did the reflection it was really interesting to see what they thought and how they felt and what their other um colors were and like one of my closest friends is not a blue and um it was really interesting to see like kind of how our friendship and our dynamic works and i that works with all of our staff members um but i think it's um not even just a way to for the leadership team to see how everyone works and just how everyone else works but it's also kind of a way to find um a way to find like people who you you do work well with and Mm -hmm. who you can communicate well well with and that kind of stuff i think i was near the greens when somebody said you guys were doing the brainstorm about things people get wrong about you and somebody said Somebody thinks, or people think all the time, I'm just a know-it-all. And a bunch of the other Greens are like, yes, and we're not. We just like, it's just, they, they get us wrong. And so to see you guys go through those realizations together, um, and and I think, Kelly, to what you're saying, like those common bonds, that's awesome. And then in blue, you guys were all like hugging it out. <laughs> yeah. Again, right? That's what blues do. Okay, so, and then I do usually a 12-hour, because I'm a blue, I usually do like a little piece, you know, at the end to kind of wrap it up. And then we all clean up together. And honestly, I think we were at the door at like 8.15 or something like that. It was great because we cleaned up together, everybody pitch in. And I got to be honest with you, I've, I've done this a long time, nine years, I think. This, I left I left less tired from this one than I have before, I guess is what I, meaning I feel, I felt more energized. I could have I done a couple more hours. And I think that it, you guys put together a really great plan. Um, we adjust, we cut a couple activities when we needed to. Um, but it was a super, I think it was a super successful day. Um, Kristen, if there's something we should do more of or less of with 12 hour for yours, when it's uh, a year from today and you're a senior, just reflecting back six days ago, is there anything that comes to the top of mind? Uh, I think we definitely need to be more prepared for those like 59 degree days, like having a plan for what we can do inside. But based off of time, like, I think we do a really good job of splitting instruction and fun time because nobody wants to sit there for 12 hours and learn all day so I think it's nice that we like break it up and have fun activities but also that we get down and like learn stuff and Kelly it's a similar question but if there's an advisor listening who's in you know Arizona or Idaho Missouri doesn't matter they've never done an activity like this before they've never done a retreat they've never done a workshop two three quick tips for success make sure you do this before you even get started Um, I think something that would be really helpful is to find a primary thing of focus you want to teach at a 12-hour, like ours was photo this year, visuals and finding stuff like that. And I think it's um, you should find take out time to make a planned schedule of like with well being flexible when you actually do it because obviously there's going to be times when you'll run over time or you'll have too much time, but you should have a a plan established for like how much fun bonding stuff you want to do and how much um, workshoppy stuff you want to do. You want to have that a good balance and I think this year we did a really great job with that and I think you should also um uh yeah have alternate routes like Kristen said for like when something goes wrong like if someone's allergic to latex like oh well you're gonna do like balloons and you should find another um thing to do but still have that same idea yeah. and keep a first aid kit mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um Lauren last question goes to you um you know if advisors are listening they're like well this is great it's a year and it's a month into the year We've been in school since August 8th. You guys, Tessera does it the first week of the school year, so I can't do a 12 hour anymore. Could you do a 12 hour in October or November or beyond? Yeah, you can do a 12 hour any at any point throughout the year. Um, it is really helpful to have it earlier so that you can esta- establish that um, staff culture and those bonding activities earlier, but we're actually playing with the idea of having one in January um, just to reiterate and reinforce the things that we've learned because, you know, we find that. Um, 
it's become a pattern that we fall into kind of January slump where we forget about some of our lessons from the beginning of the year. So we want to be able to go back to those, but also do it in a fun way. So like incorporating those fun team building activities again um, is helpful to your staff at any point in the year um, because they always need to create better relationships with each other and spend time with each other doing things that aren't stressful and are outside of yearbook and outside of the lab. I love it. Uh, that is Lauren Thomas, uh, Senior EIC at Tessera. Lauren, thank you. Thank you. Kelly Hoyt, Senior EIC. Thank you, friend. Thank you. And Kristen Hotman, Junior EIC. You get to do this once more next year. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, normally when I bring students on, I ask them to shout out the advisors. I am your advisor. So I'm simply going to say to hopefully a few hundred people listening, you three are doing a tremendous job. I'm really, really proud of you. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to walking this journey with V5 with you guys. So thanks for being on the podcast. And I do just want to say one more thank you to Lauren, Kelly, and Kristen. Uh, they are three fantastic young women, and uh, the, the capable leadership they've demonstrated so far uh, coming into this year in all the pre-planning, meetings in July, um, summer camp, and, and all the rest, I just couldn't be more proud of them. So, uh, girls, if you're out there listening, uh, thanks again for being on the podcast today and for, uh, and for being part of my life. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome knowing the three of you. Uh, friends, that does it for this episode. Uh, again, you can reach out on Twitter at, at YearbookWise or via email at iteachyearbook at uh, gmail.com. It'd be awesome to see you in Chicago or to know if you are a, a friend of the podcast who's going to be there in Chicago. Reach out and let us know. And uh, just a, a preview ahead, it looks like the next episode is going to be about all things photography. Uh, lots of you have been asking, and certainly it's a hot topic for yearbook advisors. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit down the road. But for now, good luck, be well. We'll talk soon.